Hey, y'all, and welcome to episode five of eight of the COVID Chronicles here on the Get Up Girl podcast. I hope this little mini series has been as encouraging for you as it has for me during this strange and interrupted time in our world. Today is actually the first day that Louisiana has reopened many of its doors, and maybe some of you have already ventured out to your favorite restaurant to indulge in that warm bowl of queso or sniffed all the candles at your local boutique. Regardless, we know that the world around us is still adjusting to this new pace. So in that vein, today I chat with my sweet sister gal, Rebecca Frazier. Rebecca is a second year medical student. I know, impressive, right? And she has such a heart for serving the church. She is golden, y'all. I pick her brain today on her perspective of COVID-19 from the medical standpoint and also how her faith mixes with her knowledge of science. So let's get to it. Well, hey, girl, welcome to this week's episode of Get Up Girl, a podcast inspired by women of all cultures and backgrounds who have been toe to toe in the ring of discouragement, disappointment, defeat, and how they got back up to fight. Each episode, we'll be discussing, well, all the things marriage, business, parenting, racial divides, grief, loss, and everything in between. We believe that you will be encouraged by these women through their stories. So come on, girl, it's time to get up. Okay, so today I have my friend Rebecca Frazier on the podcast. Hey, Rebecca. Hello, everyone. How's it going? It's going just great. <laughs> it's just We're just out here, y'all. Rona's out there. We're out here. Whatever. Yep. Um, so Rebecca is a friend of mine. We go to church together at North mm-hmm. Point, our um, church here in town, and uh, you're a second year med student, is that That's right? That's right. I just finished, I actually just finished my didactic learning. So I took my last exams in medical school. So I'm about to be a third year, Yay. which is super exciting. Um, but technically, yes, still a second year med student. Okay. So you're moving into your third year of med school, yes. which is super impressive, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Thank um, you. So I, you, and I know you know um, why you're here today, but um, just to remind people, I'm doing just a few little interviews with all this COVID stuff going on and there's a lot of panic and fear and I just feel like a lot of heaviness out right. there that we're kind of like trudging through and trying to navigate. And so I wanted to bring in women of faith that I know, mm-hmm. um, I know your heart and I know um, what you believe in and, and how you walk your life. And right. so I wanted to bring in um, different women just to kind of get a fresh perspective. And so I think your perspective is really unique because you're not necessarily like in the hospital yet right. as far as like, you know, on like a, I interviewed Melissa Panabaker, mm-hmm. who also goes to our church, um, who's a nurse on a COVID floor. Right. You know, but you're still in the medical world and viewing this from the student perspective. Exactly. And so I don't know. I just think your, your lens is really unique in that. Um, and I know the hospital is a huge part, I mean, of being in med school, like that's where you get your hands on. The classroom is obviously really important, but right. being in the hospital and getting that hands-on experience is vital for med students. And Absolutely. so I wanted to kind of talk about how this has impacted your med career so far mm-hmm. <laughs> um, with COVID going on, but also just to get, um, I don't know, I just want to get your perspective on on all of this and kind of how you're navigating it personally. Yeah, Absolutely. So when COVID first hit and we really had to um, 
have our last day of classes where all of our courses are actually podcasted and rec- they're recorded. And so you can see the PowerPoint. Um, okay. And you can go back and listen to them. I actually already did that because I like to listen to lectures on two times speed because <laughs> I think it's way more efficient. Because um, that's how you roll. <laughs> yeah, that's how I roll. Um, but we had our last day of classes, but we had to continue our education because med school doesn't stop, right? Right. Like med school stops for no one. Um, however, a lot of the stuff that really, I feel like was very pivotal for me to learn how to be the best physician I can be had to stop. So in my medical school, I go to school at LSU Health Science Center, Shreveport Medical Mm -hmm. Center. Um, and we have standardized patients, which are older people above 65 that basically learn a script and have to acted out in front of us. So I'll go in the room and I'll say, hi, Miss So-and-so, my name's Rebecca Frazier. I'm, or student Dr. Frazier. Uh, and I just introduce myself as part of the medical team, say that, that I'm there to give a history, take a history and perform a physical exam. And it's quite stressful actually, cause you're timed. So you'll have like 15 minutes in oh, the room wow. to take a complete um, history and perform a physical exam, whether it's a cardio exam or a GI exam or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, lung exam. And then you have to go out and you have to type it up yeah. in 10 minutes. So you have 15 minutes in the room, 10 minutes outside. And you're with like eight other students. So you hear this click, 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 click the whole time. <laughs> um, but we couldn't do that anymore because yeah. our standardized patients are above 65. And they're in the most vulnerable vulnerable group to get this virus. So that was stopped. And that, yeah. was, that was pretty sad. Additionally, I also, as a second year... Um, we do ward HMPs, so ward is in hospital ward, and HMP is history and physical, okay. where we literally are either assigned a patient or we genuinely go up to the hospital floor, pick a floor, go to the nurse's station and say, hi, I'm Rebecca Frazier, I'm a medical student, do you have a patient that I can interview um, and perform huh. a physical exam on? So, wow. And some there's so many different things that can happen. Um, last time I went, I found a patient basically took his entire history and then they had to take him to biopsy. <laughs> so I had to start all over oh my gosh. with a new patient. And these history and physicals take about two hours. Wow. So I was in that hospital for three hours um, getting a history and physical. And then you present it to an attending and they critique you. They tell you what you can improve upon, tell you mm-hmm. what you left out, what you forgot. So I was supposed to have another one that got canceled because I can't go in the hospital. They basically kicked all of us out of the hospital. So my class didn't have white coat ceremony, and that was really disappointing. That was really hard because that signifies a transition from didactic to clinical learning, where we go from um, being behind our laptops and our books all day and studying yeah. and learning everything we can learn about to prepare to be in the hospital to actually getting our white coats and doing it. Um, so that family comes in. I was just about to ask what goes into that. Yeah, it's a huge event. Downtown Shreveport, everyone's family's invited. Um, mm-hmm. You literally are, you walk up on stage. You already actually have your white coat because I've had to use it in the hospital. Uh-huh. Um, that's your ticket to get anywhere as a med student. It's your, <laughs> your short white coat. Yeah. Um, but you get it dry cleaned and you get it back to them and they put your white coat on you while you're up on stage. Aww. So, so yeah. it's like a, I mean, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's, it. Um, it's where your family can kind of really see that this is real and that you're going to be a physician and get to see, you get to see all of your hard work pay off. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's a happy reward where your professors can be Mm -hmm. proud of you. Um, 
You yeah. just get a piece of recognition that you don't really get while you're in medical school. Because um, I think the first two years, all you do is study and you continuously feel dumb <laughs> because <laughs> there's always so much to learn, you yeah. know? Um, and so I remember when I first went to med school, I feel like every day I woke up to go feel dumb again and like try to learn everything. Yeah. Um, but that got canceled for us. However, we are supposed to be transitioning to clinical medicine. Additionally, I'm supposed to take my first medical licensing exam in June. And a lot of uh, my peers and I have been just fear stricken that that's going to be canceled. Yeah. Because prometric testing sites have been shut down and that would just mess up everything about our future. Um, yeah. I mean, what let's worst case scenario that does get canceled. What does that mean? So we actually have meetings with administration weekly and our last meeting, they said if we had to take it like a year later, our like of our um, whole curriculum got shifted we would actually have to match with the class underneath us. And there's already not enough spots, not enough residency spots for medical yeah. students to fill. So some people literally don't match and have to take a, like, a gap year. Oh my so that means it would be <laughs> even worse. So I'm just praying and praying that everything will go smoothly. Um, additionally, I'm also just, it's pretty scary to know that yeah. I'm supposed to be in the hospital June 1st, like I'm supposed to start. I feel like, you know, being a medical student in the midst of a pandemic is just terrifying. Yeah. And I want to help as much as I can, but at the same time, I feel so powerless. Right. The only thing I've done in this pandemic is social distance. Right now, Leanne and I haven't hugged each other, (laughs) (laughs) and which is the first thing I would normally do when I get into her house. Um (laughs) Uh, I haven't seen my parents that are both over 65 and I gave blood and I feel like that's so like to me that's so just it makes me feel really defeated because I this is what I'm training for and at the same time I can't do anything right so what what an interesting conundrum yeah (laughs) it's like this is what literally what you've prepared your whole schooling for right now it's like but at the same time. But I'm on the sidelines looking in saying, I want to be there helping, but I can't. Yeah. Um, I can imagine that's hard. Yeah. And frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So now I want to bring in your faith into this. Mm-hmm. So how, and, and like I said earlier, uh, Rebecca and I go to church together. We mm-hmm. actually serve in students together we too. Do. That's how we met was um, serving in students. So, um what what has this done for you and your faith and and what has your perspective kind of shifted to looking through the lens right with that so you know originally I think it was disappointing it was like it was just a lot of disappointment knowing oh we can't have our white coat ceremony we won't have cadaver ball which for those that don't know is like med school prom um (laughs) it's awesome (laughs) it is literally is and it's called cadaver ball which sounds super gross yeah to us it's like but "Eh." to y'all it's humor yeah it's funny right (laughs) so there are no cadavers at this dance everyone it is just med students yeah we should probably make that clear Yeah, no cadavers (laughs) at all it's it's very clean we are all dressed nice and we just take a night off to dance and have fun that's so awesome. Um, it is. And the first years that this would be have been my second cadaver ball. But the first years that got that's their first one and they didn't get to go. So yeah. that was super sad. Um 
But I think when I sat back and I really reflected, the biggest thing for me is knowing that my plan is never the best plan. Yeah. Um, because I've had many situations in my life where I tried, I can tend to be a perfectionist and want to plan my future accordingly, you know, mm-hmm. exactly how I want it to pan out. But God's plans are so much greater than mine. And I think just resting and knowing that no matter what, God's got me. And I'm going to get through this. And I'm going to be a physician. Yeah. And everything's going to be okay. I think it really was just resting on God's promises in my life. And I've almost had peace with that. Yeah. Because I think the times of, like, the time you're most able to surrender is when things are going wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. Versus when everything is just perfect, you know, that's just how, I think that's just how Christians are sometimes is that we need to be reminded that we don't have it all together. Yeah. Um, and that we need Jesus every day. So Corona, in addition to my personal life and my house and everything going on has really just pointed me back to Jesus and shown me that. I need him, you know, I need my God, I need guidance, I need peace from him that's supernatural that I can't provide. I already have anxiety, like, it's not going to (laughs) work. I can't, I can't get that myself, so. Yeah. um, Yeah, it's been a weird time. Yeah, and what, I mean, speaking of anxiety, so since that's already a battle for you when there's not a pandemic going on. Right. (laughs) How have you navigated anxiety in this? Right. So, um, I do take medication and have been on it since I was in college. I, I still every day have to rely on, on Jesus. I think just being in touch with your, with how you're feeling is very helpful Yeah. because in my early twenties, I just suppressed my emotions as a way to cope. I would just put them in a little box and close it up and pretend like I wasn't stressed out and I wasn't sad and I yeah. wasn't overwhelmed. Um, and I think it's super powerful to admit that I'm stressed out. I'm so overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I feel so broken. I think being in community is a huge part because you're not always going to be okay. So in that vein, commun- like being in community, let me ask you this. For someone who may relate to your story with anxiety and, mm-hmm. and that just feeling that walking through that because right now we're all being told don't be in community. Right. 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 Exactly. So what's your advice for someone who, you know, who may be listening and like really relate to what you're saying, but be like, but, but I don't have my community. I can't, you know, I church is shut down. Right. My school is shut down. So how do you navigate community in this? So, I'm going to be honest, community looks different right now. Yeah. It really does because I can't be with my people at all times. Like I mentioned, I can't, I can't go hug my mom. I can't go love on my dad and, you know. Oh, gosh. It's, it's yeah. hard and it's, I'm doing that to protect them, you yeah. know. But this morning I woke up and my sister said, let's do a workout. So we did a workout over Google Hangout, I think. Uh-huh. Um, I will, I, my mom is actually hard of hearing, so I can't call my mom. I've never been able to call my mom, but she recently got, um, the equivalent of like FaceTime. It's called Google duo, I think, mm-hmm. um, to where she can see my face and read my lips. Oh. And that has just totally changed the game. 
And even though it is different, it's still possible Yeah, to have that community. So I agree with you. I think community just right now looks like taking a little more effort. Yeah. Um, it is and harder. And getting creative. Right. Yeah, being it's harder. Creative. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, if you don't try, it's not going to happen, right? Yeah. And if you just give in to, I'm sad, I'm lonely, I'm going to be sad and lonely, you can do that, but it's not going to help anything. I think it's yeah. almost just like a battle with anxiety. You have to you have to battle this this virus and social distancing and make that effort to reach out. Yeah. Um, okay, so what, what now let's kind of switch gears back to like the medical perspective. Okay. Well, we can, you can lump, no, we can lump both together. We'll do both. Let's mix everything. Let's yes, let's mix, mix all of it. Um, so from the lens of a med student, okay, what is your encouragement to people during this pandemic? Like, because uh, obviously, I mean, we will be on the other side of this. Right. Like, this isn't going to last forever. You right. know, we're not going to all be quarantined forever. And um, life will return. I don't know if it'll be as it was. Right. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be better, you know. Right. But um, but my point is, when we get on the other side of this, um, like, what what's your encouragement for us right now while we're in the thick of it? Because, you know, I know, like, we have the most brilliant minds in the world working mm-hmm. together to right. get a vaccine and to get, right. like, to beat this thing. Um, so you kind of being on the inside of those walls, uh, even though you, I know you said you feel like you're sitting on the sideline, but... Um, but you are, you still are on the the cusp. I'm on the cusp. Yeah. I'm almost there. Um, you know, what, what, what's some encouragement that you see from the inside of the medical field with this? Right. I think it's really encouraging to know that we have medical professionals and PhDs fighting for us daily. Yeah. Um, and that, like you said earlier, this won't last forever, but I think it's encouraging to know that Every medical professional across the United States and the world are fighting the same battle. Yeah. And they're encouraging each other. And mm-hmm. that we're all working towards the same goal to have, you know, happy, healthy patients. And I think it's also encouraging to see people that have nothing to do with the medical field take such pride in our physicians and our nurses and our respiratory therapists. Yeah. And, and all of our essential workers. Yeah, I think recognizing that the people stocking the grocery store are of utmost importance to us, right? The people that are working at banks, Mm -hmm. we need them. Mm -hmm. Um, The janitors, good Lord. Can you imagine if we didn't have janitors in our hospitals right now? Right. They are so essential. And I think that's really beautiful that we're shedding light on different occupations Mm -hmm. that are just absolutely essential. Yeah. Um, so I think I find a lot of encouragement in that, that everyone's coming together and recognizing the value of people, even though those people are, have completely different job descriptions, Mm -hmm. they are just as important. A doctor is just as important in this fight as the janitor that's cleaning the floors and sanitizing the door handles in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I, and I I haven't even thought about that, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, and I think it's cool how um, medical professionals, how people have, and teachers too, have like shifted that recognition to like, oh, teaching's really hard. Oh, teaching I'm too. To that's homeschool a, my kids. That's a huge one. That's a huge one. Yeah, everyone is. I, I was actually homeschooled. My mom homeschooled us. 
I have five siblings, which is, you know, a ridiculous amount of children. When someone else tells me they have five <laughs> siblings, I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I remember that I come from a huge family. Oh, yeah. Um, but my mom homeschooled all of us. I was homeschooled until high school. But yeah, all these parents everywhere are realizing that our teachers are absolutely amazing. Yeah. And the way they responded to this pandemic is just phenomenal. Yeah. I've seen so many encouraging things of teachers, you know, going to talk to their students, sitting six feet apart on a driveway or explaining math on a whiteboard from outside of the window because their student was having trouble. Yeah. And these are people with families and with kids, but their heart is so invested in these children that nothing's stopping them. They're having, you know, Zoom calls with their classes, Mm -hmm. checking up on their students. Gosh, I, teachers are incredible. I don't think I could ever be a teacher. That is one of the hardest occupations to me in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, but um but you know when you think about even the like you said um the custodians who clean the hospital. Right. It's like, "Oh gosh, how important." I mean, they're important anyway. Right, but I think it's but easy like, for people to say, "Oh, that's just a routine thing that has to be done." But now people, you know, people are buying gloves and when I went to the store several weeks ago, the cleaning supplies were gone. Gone. And that yeah. is something First of all, it's concerning to me with the soap and the hand washing thing. Um, cause I, I, I like to believe that people were already washing their hands right. before this pandemic. So I was a little concerned about that, but you know what? We're improving. We're getting better. We're getting better. We're getting better. <laughs> Everyone's washing their hands now. And I'm so proud of everyone. And if you didn't wash your hands before this, I'm so proud of you for doing it now. And just keep, keep doing that. PSA, Rebecca is proud of you. I'm so proud. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like a lot of different fields have been highlighted Yeah, and that's so important. Okay, so my last question for you, we're going to switch back to the faith question. <laughs> I love that we hop back and forth. I know, I sorry, that's, that's my brain is like back, <laughs> jumps back and forth. Um, and this is a question that I've asked every everyone I've interviewed for this okay. little series or whatever we want to call it. <laughs> um, but as a, as a Christian, as a believer, as someone who walks with the Lord, what do you think the church as a whole is going to look like on the other side of this when we come out? I think the church is going to be stronger. Mm -hmm. I think that this is something that has unified us and made people realize that we need community more now than ever. Yeah. You know, there's, um, I lead a Bible study right now on Zoom and I see my, you know, I see my kids once a week on Zoom and you do too. Yep. Right? Um, So, because Leanne and I both work with uh, the students and when we say students, we mean teenagers. They're called students at our church, which confuses a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. They're... well, I, the youngest I have is sophomore. Right. What What's the youngest you have? Um, I think that's actually the youngest I might have as a sophomore. Sophomore, yeah. Um, sophomore to, to senior in high school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, especially with with our church, we've we've really made an effort to stay connected spiritually. Mm-hmm. Whether it's calling people, having Zoom meetings, FaceTiming our friends, FaceTiming those in our community. Um, I really think that we're going to come out of this better and we're going to come out of this stronger. And I think people are going to be flocking to their churches. And that's my hope and that's my Mm -hmm. prayer. Praise. I just, like, I want it to be an influx, a party. You know, like everyone talks about, you see those those videos of me when I get to see all my bros and it's the guy walking in (laughs) and everyone's cheering. Like, that's going to be church, man. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be insane worshiping God in front of that, like in that sanctuary. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. My hands are going to be flying, hitting people. Like, (laughs) give Rebecca like a six foot wingspan. No, for real. Next time you see her at church. Whenever, (laughs) 
my good friend Cherie, whenever she greets me, she puts me in the front so I don't <laughs> hit people. <laughs> yeah, but no, that, that's amazing. And I, I agree with you. And I hope that's, that's my prayer too, is that Absolutely. the church just explodes. explodes. And I, I, I hope that worship changes. I hope that, that even it's an all in thing. Yeah. Because people are craving it now. Yeah. And when we finally get it back, I think it's something we take, took for granted, right? Uh-huh. Just like we took the janitors and the grocery store workers for granted. Yep. We took being together for granted. Mm-hmm. And that's such a gift. Like, that's so, so sweet, you know, yeah. being able to worship together and be in community together that I think it's just going to change our perspective. Yeah. I and agree really, with you. like, bring a gratitude into our lives that wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I agree with you. Um, okay. Well, that, those were all my questions. So that was great. Amazing. Yes. Thank you for, well, first of all, thank you for coming and just giving up time. Cause I know you're super busy and you, you study like 28 hours a day. So <laughs> I do study quite a lot. That's, yeah. That's people will call me and be like, what are you doing? My sister called me and said that and said, wait, let me answer studying. Study. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yes, uh, uh, it's been a pleasure to be here. I yeah. love I love Leanne. You know, I love oh, you. It's great. Thanks, thanks. It's such an honor to be here. Yes. Well, that, and I was just about to say, it's um, thank you for saying yes and to this podcast um, because it's it's an honor to have you. So I just want to say thank you. Absolutely. And you're wonderful and you're encouraging. And I believe that people that will listen to this will be encouraged too. So thank I you so much. So. Absolutely. Yay. Okay. Until next time. Bye, everyone. <laughs> There she is, Miss Rebecca Frazier. I hope she brought some encouragement to your heart today. Thank y'all so much for listening and make sure you stay tuned for our next episode of the COVID Chronicles, where we will be interviewing Miss Melissa Hannabaker, who is a nurse on a COVID floor. So you definitely don't want to miss it. And that one will be coming soon. All right, folks, until next time.